Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Good morning. Uh, Yeah, I'm Dave. I'm one of the elders here at Renew. Uh, And we are in a series on life in the spirit right now. Um, So far, we've heard from Tim, uh, who's up with the kids right now, uh, with this awesome intro on all things Holy Spirit. And um, we had our kids teach us one week about Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was given and uh, the church was born. And we had Ben teaching us about a river of living water that's within us. That is the Holy Spirit, right? If you remember, Pastor Ben sang a little bit for us as well. And our last gathering, uh, Doug talked about discernment and when the Holy Spirit says no, right? And now there's me. I'll be talking about shallow and deep water. And I'll I'll get to this in a minute, but I I think that the reason I'm here today and doing this teaching uh, is because of an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So I pray that I speak clearly like the things that, that God's given me. So yeah, I'd like to pray for us right now. So, Lord, I just I thank you that we're all in this room today. I thank you that you've brought us here safely and that you've just uh, graced us with your presence this morning. God, um, yeah, I have words, but uh, they mean nothing unless you activate them. So, God, I pray as, as stuff is coming out of my mouth that uh, you would be in those words and just use it to get into people's hearts, um, that they would desire more of your spirit, that they would desire more of you, and that we would all... Uh, be able to step out courageously and follow your leading. It's in Jesus' awesome name that we pray. Amen. Uh, Yeah, a little of my background with regards to the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was raised Catholic, and this this is not a dig at the Catholic Church, but after a lot of time there, uh, I spent like basically up until I was about 17 or 18 years old, I'm still not really sure what the Holy Spirit does in Catholicism. Uh, And that's not the Catholic Church's fault, that's my fault, um, because I didn't find out. From there, um, actually in a little space in between there where I didn't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit, uh, but going on from there, I went to a more traditional evangelical faith community. And while I was there, um, there's like a lot of talk, there's like some talk of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding, but the main role of the Holy Spirit, at least in my eyes when I was there, was to convict us of sin. And the Holy Spirit does do that. But there was a lot of talk of like, wow, it, it really sounds like you're being convicted by the Holy Spirit. Um, then from there, we came to renew, uh, my, my, I and my family. And I'm not here to like give a talk on the theology of the Holy Spirit, but our time at Renew has been an awesome journey deeper with the Holy Spirit. Uh, our vision has been widened, and, and that's as a result of a lot of you in this room, and I thank you for that. Uh, it's a longer story than what I'm going to tell, but there was a time when I felt like God like positioned a bunch of people right in front of me so I could ask them a question. And I told Doug about this, and he, Doug said, wow, really seems like the Holy Spirit was active in that space. And that was the first time that I had like this realization that the Holy Spirit did more than just convict you of sin. And I'll share some of the stories as we go along here of, of, of my experience. Um, but first thing I'd like to do is like just maybe take the temperature in the room. We have like some questions up here. But if you remember... Um, 
you know, we've been in this series on life in the Spirit. Let's see where we are and perhaps if we've moved in the last few weeks. So before we started this series, if you remember, Doug sent out the Dear Church. The Dear Church is that little beginning part of the weekly email that you can sign up for on the Renews website. Uh, I didn't even know that that actually, that's actually what they call it, the Dear Church. It says Dear Church, so they call it the Dear Church. <laughs> um, does anybody here read the Dear Church? Awesome. No shame if you do not. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, ben wanted me to write the Dear Church for this week, and he says, well, you're calling people out on reading the Dear Church. You should write the Dear Church. <laughs> so anyways, in, in that first one on this series, there was an, uh, a river analogy to gauge our depth with the Holy Spirit. And uh, we do this as a part of the men's discipleship group every year. But anyways, if you think about where you are in this river of the Holy Spirit, imagine the Holy Spirit is a river. All right, and many of us live our lives at different levels or depths with the Spirit. So imagine you're in this river. The first depth is you are ankle deep, right? Where you can feel the Holy Spirit, but you aren't like truly enveloped in Him, nor do you really need to trust Him, right? It's shallow water, it's safe there, right? Next level is knee deep. That's a deeper level of involvement, but we're still in control. Next level is chest deep. Okay, so now we can feel the current, but our feet are like still on the bottom of the riverbed. We're still in control, but we can feel the power of the Spirit. And our last level is we're swimming. Water's deeper than we are. Our feet are off the ground. Uh, we are no longer in control. We can feel the current, and we trust the current to take us where it wants to. And there may be like some nervousness, but we're not panicking. We're doing our part to join with the river by swimming and paddling appropriately. And there is not a state of fear. In fact, we're enjoying the river the way it's meant to be enjoyed. It's an adventure, right? So we have two types of water in this river, right? You have your ankle deep and your knee deep. What, what kind of water is that? It's not deep, it's shallow. So yeah, you said shallow water. And then we have chest deep and we're swimming. What kind of water is that? Not shallow, it's Deep, say deep water. Good. So I have a few questions here, and we're going to just like take a few moments and maybe you can talk to people. And if you're new here this morning, you don't need to engage in these questions. Your first time here is like super weird. We can just find some folks around you and just maybe introduce yourselves and welcome you. Um, so a few questions. How would you describe your level of involvement or depth with the river of the Holy Spirit? How do you feel your involvement has changed with the river in the last few weeks? And what do you think is holding you back from greater depth? All right, so I'm going to let you guys go for maybe three or four minutes. I'm actually going to set a timer. I know you guys will talk all morning, so feel free to just get with the people around you and answer the questions. That's great. It's, it's, good, to, it's good to just like kind of take the temperature and not just, not just within yourself, but to, to discuss with others. Like, where are you? What direction are you headed? And yeah, and how can we spur each other on to greater levels of depth? Uh, some of my experience with the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit like usually works with me. Uh, the Holy Spirit is generally very subtle with me. Uh, I get thoughts that come from the Holy Spirit. It's not usually some powerful knock-me-on-the-ground experience. Uh, I generally don't have dreams or visions. Uh, I have, but it's not the norm. Not right now, anyways. I am, I am open to that. If it is in the future, I say, God, bring it if you want to communicate with me like that. I welcome that. But usually it's this subtlety of the Holy Spirit. And while subtlety is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit can move, 
Sometimes the spirit is not subtle. Sometimes he moves in power, right? You think of Peter at Pentecost. You think like, we got, we got fire and wind coming in and resting on the apostles' heads. And you think of like uh, Philip when he was like baptizing this Ethiopian eunuch, all of a sudden like Philip's gone. Like he's in another city because of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, if you want to see like how the Holy Spirit moves, like read the book of Acts, right? That will show you how the Holy Spirit moves and behaves. And I, I think it's like Kent, I think, said to me one time, he said, it's, it's called the Acts of the Apostles, but it might be more appropriately called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, so we can see the Holy Spirit moving in both like this subtle or graceful way and in a powerful way, right? So uh, I think there's a slide of a hockey player there, Angela. So awesome. And let's see, I, I like to think of the Holy Spirit as both this combination of power and grace. Uh, in Mark's gospel, like when, he descended, when the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, it says that the heavens were torn open or that they were split open. It's this powerful, almost violent moment, right? That really harkens back to Isaiah 64 um, and a prayer that's like being answered there. But that's, it's violent, it's power. But it also says that the Spirit descended on Jesus in the form of a dove. And it's this very peaceful, graceful bird, right, just coming down. As a matter of fact, I've had three encounters with doves over the, over the last, like, 24 hours. So I left the dove stuff in here because of that. Just three is a Bible number, and here we go with that, right? But you see, like, both power and grace of the Holy Spirit. So if I said the name Al Iafrati, would anybody know who I'm talking about? Al Iafrati? Al Iafrati was a, was a 240-pound hockey defenseman who played for the Washington Capitals in the 1990s. We have a picture of him right here. Um, I followed hockey closely like in the late 80s and 90s, and he was known for having the hardest slap shot in the National Hockey League. Slap shot was upwards of 105 miles per hour. So if you can imagine this 240-pound guy bearing down on you and lighting up a slap shot with a piece of frozen rubber, rubber, <laughs> coming at you at 105 miles per hour. Goalie didn't stand a chance, right? And if he did stop it, it was going to hurt. <laughs> That's power, right? But at the same time, Ally Afraidy is ice skating, which is this very graceful activity, even for a 240-pound guy, just thinning on, skating on this very thin layer of water created by the sharpness of the skates. So we have this combination of power and grace. And yeah, you probably weren't going to expect uh, Ally Afraidy and the Holy Spirit to be in the same teaching this morning, but here we are. So <laughs> I wanted to share a, a few stories that I have of encounters that I've had with the Holy Spirit. Uh, one of them is one that I heard, and I'm not saying this to, to lift myself up. Uh, I'm saying these to, to give hope. And as you're going to see, like one of these stories is not a victory story. Uh, yeah, and I just like to give hope so that maybe we would want to dive deeper with the Holy Spirit. Um, one, as I mentioned before, like one of these is why I'm teaching today. I, I've taught a few times here at Renew, and it is a privilege. Uh, but what I've landed on is that for me to teach, I, I have to have a teaching in me. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm at a point where you can just kind of give me a topic and I can just come up with a teaching out of the blue. So Ben, Pastor Ben, emailed me asking if I'd like to teach today. And all he gave me was, was the topic, life in the spirit. And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, I don't think I have one in me for this. And not to mention uh, my comfort zone box over there <laughs> that I would have to step out of to do this. 
So I was going to see Ben that night, and I would just tell him, no, Ben is cool about that. Um, but I'm at work. I finish my work day. I get in my car, and I start driving home, and all of these thoughts just start coming to me <laughs> about a teaching that I can do for life in the Spirit. And I get home, and I start writing furiously, and what I remember of those thoughts is this teaching <laughs> right here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if, if God put the teaching in me or if he uncovered the teaching in me. I, I don't think it really much matters. But uh, yeah, another story. Uh, I have a friend, uh, a friend from college who invites me out golfing. And uh, he knows where I stand with issues of faith. He's not like a super like faith person. Uh, yeah, maybe that's like a lesson for us here this morning. Like if you have a friend who doesn't know Jesus and they invite you out to do something, clear your calendar and go do with that. That's an invitation from your friend, but that may be an invitation from the Lord too. Um, so anyway, so four plus hours of uh, like light conversation and pretty bad golf, uh, we decide we're going we're gonna to grab some pizza and a beer. And we drive to, the, to this place, we eat, and as we're talking, my, my friend just like starts pouring his heart out to me about how like he and his wife and his kids are all struggling with anxiety and his daughter is having like some sort of like intestinal problems that the doctors are, are going to have to like take a look at. And like in short, like my buddy's worried, right? He's just carrying like this worry like on his shoulders. And like, so as we're leaving, he has to use the restroom and I'm out there waiting in the parking lot. And I, as I'm standing there, I feel like this weight on me It says, Holy Spirit, he says, you need to pray for him. <laughs> Holy Spirit probably says it more nicely than that. But I was like, now? Like, you want me to pray for him now? Like, not now. Like, I can just tell him I'm going to pray for him. That would be, like, so much less awkward and, like, more comfortable for me. Um, but like I said, like, that weight of the Holy Spirit was on me. And he comes out, and I said, hey, bud, uh, you got a lot going on right now. Um, can I pray for you? And he said, yes. By the way, they usually say yes when you ask them. Um, and I prayed for him. And I, I wish that there was like more to report through those prayers of healing and peace for him. But I think God's still writing this story with him. And like, I'm just like thankful for God to be a part of that. Uh, another story. This one does not involve me. Uh, this is one that I heard. And sometimes the story is too good to not share. All right, the context in which this took place and which I heard it was the Pensacola Revival. Um, you can look that one up if you want to know more. By the way, if, if you aren't like a student of revivals in history, become one. Uh, there's like a lot in the Bible. Like we have Josiah in the Old Testament. Like some people get their, get their kids named after, after him. It's like an incredible revival. And you have like Pentecost where like thousands of people in one day come to know Jesus, right? And then more recently you have the revival in the Hebrides in the late 1940s. That's, that's my personal favorite contemporary revival. Um, but look those up. Become a student of those because they give you hope that God moved in the past so we can believe that God will move again. And we can pray with confidence that God will move again. And we would like to see that, yes? Amen, right? But as we're praying, God's preparing our hearts to participate in his answer to that prayer. Yes? Anyway, this area where this revival is taking place, there's a guy, and he's, he's driving in the work, and he drives by this office building, and he hears the Holy Spirit say, go into that building, find a Coke machine, and do a handstand up against it. 
And I, no, I'm, not, I'm not doing handstands for you this morning. <laughs> um, he says, wow, that is strange, but he ignores it. So the next day, drives by the building, here's the same thing. Go into that building, find a Coke machine, do a handstand against it. So this goes on for three or four days this week. And he's just overwhelmed with this feeling that, that he is supposed to do it. So he, he finally does it. He goes into the office building, finds the Coke machine, does the handstand. Guy walks into the room and says, uh, what are you doing? Guy explains, he's like, well, I, I, just, I felt like God was telling me like all week to come in here and, and do a handstand against this Coke machine. And the guy says to him, he says, I prayed to God last week that he would send someone to do a handstand against this Coke machine. And if he didn't, I would kill myself. So like, what do we see? We're hearing God, and we're obedient to the call of the Holy Spirit. Last one. A few years ago, I'm finishing up a workout at the Lansdale Y, and I'm walking out. If you're familiar with the setup there, as you walk out of the Y, there's a really large common area there with some sofas, and uh, people can just sit and hang out there. There's attached apartments, and a lot of people, a lot of times people from the apartments come down and just hang out in the common area. And as I'm like walking down the hallway out of the Y, I, I see an older woman sitting on one of the sofas. And I just like had this thought, like, go talk to that woman. And I was like, huh, that was weird. <laughs> and I walked by her, I proceeded to my car, and I left. So I'm just about out of the parking lot, and it hits me. <laughs> that was the Holy Spirit that told you to go and talk to that woman. Turn the car around, park, go back in. She's gone. My thought, I failed. I was not obedient to the Holy Spirit. So. I shared this with, with Pastor Ben. I shared like some of my shame and like guilt, like just like I like the Holy Spirit was talking. It was like so clear, and I just I just basically said no. And Ben's a wise dude. He said, if God had wanted someone to talk to that woman, he would have provided someone to talk to that woman, even if it wasn't me. Two lessons here. First one, God is sovereign, right? He's going to get done what he wants to get done, whether I join him or not. Second is that a lot of times, maybe all the time, uh, the posture of the Holy Spirit is invitational. And that's really like the posture in all of these stories, of one of invitation. And we're always invited into something deeper, a deeper level of trust and something better than what we're currently experiencing. Because he's good, right? Even if the situation is a little scary or weird, you guys with me? That's like that rhetorical question that you really can't answer, honestly. You just say yes. <laughs> no, I'm glad you're with me. As Tim uh, introduced this series a few weeks ago, he, he talked about being desperate for the Holy Spirit and asking for more of the Holy Spirit. And like, I really, I thought through this and I had reservations. Um, don't get me wrong, I want to ask for more of the Holy Spirit, but quite frankly, like, I'm, I'm afraid of what that could mean, to the point where I wasn't sure if I really wanted to ask for more. So I tried to get underneath and explore the roots of that fear. Uh, by the way, that's not compatible with following Jesus, in my opinion. I came to the conclusion that, that I have a couple idols, <laughs> and that they're related. The first one, tape box on the floor, comfort zone. I like my comfort zone a lot. It's so 
comfortable. <laughs> the second, and I think I use this one to, to hide my comfort zone, is my routine. My routine is, my routine is the stuff that I want to do. It's my plans. My plans are an idol that I haven't submitted to God. I'm putting these two things between me and God and the act of being obedient to him. So if I start asking for more of the Holy Spirit, that's going to mess up my routine, right? The things that I want. And by doing that, I'll be pulled out of my comfort zone, not places that I want to be. But I should be asking for more of the Holy Spirit. And there's this tension between what I want and what God wants. God wants us to ask for more of him. Like he, he rewards that. I think like he's like, when Moses, when Moses said to, said to God, he's like, show me your glory. I think God was like, this is my boy. <laughs> you know, this is awesome. Um, anyways, this wasn't in my notes. Now I'm lost. Anyways, I would be pulled out of my comfort zone, right? And I should be asking for more, but there's this tension between what I want and what God wants. So to relieve the tension, I, I did some math, right? Yeah, here's Angela. She's, she's going to put this slide up here, right? <laughs> it's like youth group age kids are running for the door right now. Like, it's summer. We don't want to do math. <laughs> so this is simple, right? If, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, right? Very simple. So if we substitute things in for these variables, that's the next slide, Angela, right? So if the Holy Spirit is God, and God is good, then the Holy Spirit is good. Yes, yes. And if the Holy Spirit is good, what he invites us into is good, because he's God, and God is the definition of good. And like I said before, what we're invited into is better than what we're doing now. It's an invitational posture to join with the good, loving, powerful God of the universe in what he's doing. Sign me up. My fear of stepping outside my routine and my comfort zone are not part of this equation. Just checking. So my prayer became, God, I know you're good. And I know that what your Holy Spirit invites me into is good. I'm afraid of the potential disruption, but I want more of you. It's like that deep water. Say deep water in that river analogy, right? It's a little scary, but it's an amazing experience. Jesus showed his disciples this, right? This is going to circle back to our river analogy, uh, the one with the shallow and the deep water. So let's jump into some scripture. If you guys want to open your Bibles or turn your Bibles on to uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, and we'll be looking at verses 1 to 11. And starting at verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. So wh where did they ask him to put the boat? Right? 
says a little from shore. What kind of water is that? Shallow. Say shallow water. Awesome. So where did Jesus do the teaching? Shallow water. So then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the net for a catch. So now where are we? What kind of water? Deep water. Deep water. Yes. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat, come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus is saying this to me much as he is to all of us. Things are changing. Don't be afraid. If you follow me, your routine is going to be disrupted. Don't be afraid. I'm God. I'm good. I love you. Don't be afraid. He's telling them to not be afraid, and they don't even know what he's calling them into at this point, right? Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to shore, left everything, and followed him. At this point, they don't even know what fishing for people means. Don't be afraid. Looking at this passage, what happens in the shallow water? What was Jesus doing in the shallow water? Teaching, right? We need teaching, right? We need, we need good, solid teaching. We need to learn who God is and who we are and who God says we are. We need to learn the identity that we have because of what Jesus accomplished. We need to learn the story that we've been invited into, right? And we're graced to have some awesome teachers here at Renew. Jesus was an awesome teacher, smartest man that ever lived. His teaching is solid. I like teaching. Not teaching here. I like sitting there and getting teaching. It's my comfort zone. But teaching and learning happens in the shallow water. We get head knowledge in the shallow water. Getting head knowledge is important, but it is a lower level of commitment. Faith and trust are built in the water where it isn't safe. The Jews believe that the spirits of the dead live in the sea, in the deep sea. That's why they thought Jesus was a ghost. That one time he was walking around the water in the middle of the night. Look at what Peter says. Because you say so, because you say so, I'll do what you say. That's normal behavior in a rabbi-disciple relationship, right? But Peter didn't want to do it. Outside of his comfort zone at the time, right? He knew, he knew they wouldn't catch anything, let alone all the work involved in having to put the boat out, drop the nets, draw them in, and then having to clean them right after they had just cleaned them. Not part of the routine he wanted to follow at the moment. At that moment, like me, routine was an idol. And that threatened the possibility of going into deep water with the all-good creator of the universe. Then there's us. Maybe me, not you guys. 
we hear the call of the Holy Spirit. He's God. He's good. A equals B, B equals C, and A equals C. Therefore, the call is good. And it's better than what we're experiencing right now. It could be a huge catch of fish. It could be praying for a friend. It could be Peter preaching at Pentecost or Paul writing a letter. Are we going to stay in the shallow water or go on the adventure in the deep water? Jesus said in the passage, he's saying it to all of us, don't be afraid. What are you going to do? Finishing up, uh, maybe worship team can start making their way up here. A few practical steps here. Three of them, right? This is my Baptist roots, right? The sermon always had like three points. If I was really good, they'd all start with the same letter, but I'm not that good. Uh, the first one, ask for more of the Holy Spirit, right? Remember, remember our math. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Holy Spirit is God. God is good. The Holy Spirit is good, and what he invites us into is good. They're good things. They're better things. Don't be afraid of asking this. Say it to myself. Second, pay attention. Listen, right? Where are you being invited deeper? Part of this listening is, is best done with the help of community, right? Doug talked about discernment. We discern the leading of the, of the Holy Spirit and our response in the context of community. The community of those who are walking the same path of us. Lastly, third thing, follow, right? Discipleship is really about two things. It's about hearing God, right? That was our number two step. And our third practical step, doing what he says, acting in obedience to what you are hearing. Be willing to step outside the comfort zone and leave the tape box behind. So as we respond in worship here, um, we're going to have a few people in the back just willing to pray with you. If you feel like you want to take a, a, another step with the Holy Spirit or go, go deeper with the Holy Spirit, like we would love to pray with you. Um, or if you just feel there's something like in between you and, and following God fully, and you, just, you, you want to just like put that out there and have God take it away. We have people who are willing to pray with you. We'll be along the back wall. If you just want to step in there, that, that would be awesome. And yeah, God. I thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness and your love for us. We thank you for what Jesus accomplished. And we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, God. Would you just give us ears and eyes and courage to be able to hear and to be able to follow? Again, Lord, we love you. You're so awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.